All right, welcome in everyone to another edition of Hustle With Us. I'm Tristan Plunkett. I'm your host here today. As usual, on the other side of the glass, we have Mr. Craig Mushino. Craig, how are we doing today? All good today, Tristan. How about you? Cannot complain. I'm a little jazzed up here after talking to a real uh, professional basketball player here on the other end of the line. He's Terrell Stoglin. Uh, he just won the championship last year with the Zamalik basketball team over there in the Egyptian Basketball Premier League. He's going to be heading back to that squad here in just a few weeks, hopefully to take down another title with them. I mean, this guy, he played at University of Maryland, was a top prospect coming out of Arizona, uh, where he went to high school and where he grew up. Craig, I thought he had a lot to offer us here. What did you think? Yeah, always exciting, um, you know, interacting with these elite type of players, um, learning what makes them different. And, you know, similar to some of the stories that we've heard from other players is it goes back to work ethic. Terrell, uh, listen up because, you know, he tells you he makes 500 shots a day. That's not even how many shots he takes. He makes sure he hits at least 500 shots a day. In addition to all of the various endurance training that he does um, and, and skill work. So, you know, it, it really goes back to work ethic and it shows that's oftentimes what sets elite players apart from the rest. No doubt. We, uh, we talked to some folks that, you know, either have their own equipment or maybe play in college and have somebody that they have the state-of-the-art equipment there. This guy, when you're playing overseas, you're not just not going to get all this dropped into your lap. So you obviously need that work ethic to push through. And Terrell himself, he's played at a lot of different levels. Like I said, high school, uh, D1 college, as well as for several countries overseas. So he's played in several different styles of play. So no matter what stage of your basketball career that you're on there's something that you can definitely pull from this interview whether you're playing at a young age or whether you're coaching at maybe a little bit of an older age uh we'll get right to it though Terrell has a lot of stuff to offer us here make sure before we do though of course you are subscribed to this podcast leave us a review if you're so kind we'd love to reach a few more of the young athletes out there and make sure you're telling everyone all about us as well subscribing to us on our social channels that's at hustle with us on Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. But without further ado, let's get right to it here. Mr. Terrell Stoglin. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports training app. If you're an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop your players with an effective training program, look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, here we go. All right, welcome in, everyone. We have with us on the line a very special guest. He's Terrell Stoglin of the Zamalik professional team of the Egyptian Basketball Premier League. He's playing professionally overseas right now. Just won a championship last year, actually, with the Zamalik crew over there. Terrell, how are we doing today? We're doing good, man. How are you? 
doing great, doing great. Appreciate you being able to make the time and glad we were able to get this on the schedule. Always happy to talk to somebody that's living, breathing it right now. And I know our young athletes will definitely benefit as well. Uh, let's just start from maybe where you're at right now. You just won a championship uh, last year with the Zamali crew over there in Egypt. How was that? What was that experience like? And what kind of brought you to that accumulation at the end of the season? Honestly, it was it was one of the hardest years of my career. You know, moving to Africa it was really tough. They do things a lot differently. And it was a challenge for me as a person to be out there first and foremost, you know. And, and it was a long season. We finally got to the end. And we ended up pulling it off. But we got the championship. This is the first time they won in 12 years. It was my first year there. So I built a core fan group. And I've been enjoying it ever since. Uh, I took a little break from the team. I've been here with family in the United States, and that's where I'm at right now. There you go. Uh, you just told us before the uh, before the interview, first Christmas spent home in the last six years. I'm sure they appreciated it, uh, but I'm sure you're also itching to get back out there on that court, knowing the competitor in you, of course. So right. re rewind a little bit. Uh, you did go to the University of Maryland, played under Gary Williams while you were there. Uh, what was that recruiting experience for you, for you like? I know you were one of the top players coming out of Arizona, your hometown. What made you go all the way cross-country to Maryland? What drew you there? And uh, just tell us a little bit about that experience. It just goes to who I am. I like to be challenged, you know what I mean? And Maryland was the ACC. You know, I'm a West Coast boy, so, like, the Pac-12, Pac-10 was what we were. You know, it was either Arizona, UCLA, USC, you know what I mean? And I just – I wanted to take the challenge, man. It seemed like the best opportunity. Graves Vasquez, he was a legend over there. He had just graduated and went to the NBA. And that point guard spot was open. So I want to get in there and see if I can manage playing on the East Coast. The recruiting was great. It was actually fun. You know, I'm from a little small town in Arizona. So it was a lot of attention. What drew me to Maryland was it was like a family. They were coming to my, my math class, you know, and making sure I was going there on time. And it was <laughs> beating me to my parents' home, you know, while my mom is cooking for my coach. You know what I mean? And I never seen anything <laughs> like that, only in, only in movies, you know what I mean? So right. I decided that was my team to go to. Well, obviously, you were an important piece while you were there. You played there for a couple of years. You were the ACC scoring champion 2012, your sophomore season. Then you take the leap over to professional, and you decided to go overseas. You played for a couple of different leagues, a couple of different countries overseas. What's the main difference, mm -hmm. uh, you know, supplanting yourself in a new environment like that? What's the main difference in the style of play? How did you adjust to that? And give us a little insight. Maybe if one of the countries, one of the leagues that you played in was particularly more difficult or on the other end of the spectrum. It, it's always it's always a give and take, uh, especially living overseas. It's either the living there is going to be great and the pay won't be great or the league won't be great. Or it'll be in vice versa, however way you want to flip it. So it's very hard to find a spot that you really feel is home. You know what I mean? You, you really have to just focus in and dial in and just really just focus on basketball. And uh, everything else pretty much works itself out, especially if you believe in God. You know, so that's, that's pretty much what I did. Just dial in and just have faith. Yeah, so coming out of, out of school, tell us a little about where you started your journey. Maryland was a great experience. I was there for two years. Uh, my first year, I was there with uh, Coach Gary Williams, a legend. And then the second year, I was there with Coach Martin Turgeon. Uh, I ended up leaving into the draft and get drafted over some, some reasons why I left Maryland. And from there, I went to Greece, and I played there for my first year. I led that league in scoring. And then in my sophomore year, it was a crazy year. I played for five different countries. 
And then after that, I went to the Middle East, and I've been in the Middle East for the last six years, I believe. Wow. Yeah, once you get over there, I mean, that's to make that leap five different times in the season. What was that? <laughs> did, you, did you have to uh, – I know you have a kid now. Did you have to worry about moving the family along with you? What all played into that? And uh, how exactly did you get your mind right once you were signed on to another team? Well, personally, man, I really feel like me going to those different teams prepared me for the Middle East because the Middle East is, is a place that's very different from all of the places in Europe, right? So, like, I didn't have a family then. I was 20 years old. So it was pretty It was pretty much fun. It was like an adventure for me because I was still like a college kid. So in every country I went to, I had a great time. So it didn't really matter to me if I was leaving or not. I was just looking for a new adventure at that time in my life. When I had my, my son, I had him in Lebanon. I had been stable there for about three years. So I praise God I had stability at that time. Tell me about the style of play between some of those regions, you know, playing in Europe or in Greece as you started out compared to playing in the Middle East. What's different about the game? Uh, what's different about the game is more, uh, how would I say it? It's more sensitive. The game is more sensitive. You know, like you watch a game and, you know, you see the guys playing EuroLeague and different stuff. They're actors. You know what I mean? They get touched and, oh, it's a big problem where you hit a guy in the face on accident and they're going to fall on the ground and act like they're bleeding and hurt and stuff like that. Well, in the Middle East, it was more rugged. In Africa, it was more rugged. It was more as if, like, you're playing basketball in the NBA in the 80s when Jordan was playing the Pistons. You go into a lane, you get your, you get on your butt, you fall on your butt, you got to get up, you bleed, and there's no call. Get back on defense or you're going to lose your job. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate playing over there, and I think that's why I stuck over there so so long because – I feel like that's who I am, and that's my game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, grow a little hair on the chest there whenever you're playing that kind of the hard to play, <laughs> definitely. That's for sure. So let's talk a right. little bit about your training regimens. I mean, that's what we're all about here at Hustle, keeping the mind right, keeping the body right in the offseason and during the season. Give us a right. typical day for you in the offseason. What time are you getting up, hitting the gym? What kind of drills do you like to, to touch on first? Well, just a typical day in my life, I'll wake up around 6 a.m. and I'll run three miles, three to four miles. If I'm in the season, I'll run two miles just to keep miles off my knees, but I'm running every day. I'll come home, I'll relax for a couple of hours, I'll eat, and then I'll get back in the gym. I'll shoot 500 jump shots. Well, I got to make 500 jump shots. And then I'll call a couple friends over and we'll go to the gym. My dad, he's a basketball coach at a, at a middle school out here, so I have the keys to the gym, so... It would just be four of us. We'll play two-on-two two full court, you know, best out of five. And that would be my day, pretty much. That's it. 500 shots a day. You're hitting that no matter what. You got to make them 500 shots Ooh. a day. So maybe, you know, it could be 800, could be 1,000 shots. Who knows? That's quite the commitment there, no doubt. But obviously what you need to do, if you want to play at the next level like you are. So tell us now, maybe we're starting up a season. Like you said, you kind of cut back on uh, the mileage in terms of how much you're running. Right. Are you cutting back on the shots as well? No, uh, 500 shots to get made a day. That's been my formula since I was in high school. I just make sure I do that. And how do you track that? Uh, it's either, it's however I feel. If I'm tired and I'm just going to do just spot shots, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm feeling a little good, you know what I mean? I'm going to do one dribble shots or I'll do a pull up, you know, and just work on something. But pretty much most of the time I already have ran during that day. So I'm just taking spot shots, you know, working on my form just focusing on making the shots. I don't want to take more than a thousand sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you got a game that day. Truthfully. 
Yeah. So let's move, progress a little bit more through the season. Obviously, uh, last year you did win the championship with your squad over there in Egypt. Uh, did you find your training regimen changing up at all as you got towards those playoff moments or those playoff days? Are you still going out there with the same mindset? Or are you thinking, hey, I got to save a little more juice up for tonight? Oh, definitely during the playoffs, especially playing in Egypt, because honestly, the courts in Egypt and Africa are not the best. They don't have like that gooey bounce to the wood that you have in the United States. So you have to adjust to where you're at. So I take care of my legs. I'll be honest with you. During the playoffs, I'm just icing. (laughs) I'm icing and resting as much as I can, man. Because, you know, they depend on you so much. Yeah, and that's where that, that conditioning comes in towards the end of the season. Going back to kind of your skill set as a guard, we know you take a ton of shots, but is there a specialty that you have or or a certain skill that you're most known for in the league in which you play? They call me magic, you know, not Magic Johnson, but they say I'm a magician is what they say. Yeah, I guess just because I just make plays, man. You know, if, if I see someone open, I'm going to make give them a nice pass and put some flair on it for the crowd. You know, I, I, like, I like fans. I love the fans. Mm-hmm. So I try to be a showman, you know, when I get out there. So that's what I like to do. If you're shooting a long three-pointer or crossing somebody, you know what I mean? I just like to I like to have fun because I'm I'm a kid and I'm a fan of the game. And I, I like to imagine myself if I'm out there watching how I used to be. And if I'm watching my favorite player, how would I, you know what I mean? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. It's uh, <laughs> putting on a show. I, I completely get it. So it sounds like, you know, while you're working on your game in order to to be able to do that, in order to make the right move at the right time, um, you have to work on um, situational kind of drills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, our listeners really like to hear about any kind of new drills or interesting ideas to maintain that level of creativity out on the court. Are there any specific kind of interesting situational drills that you do to make sure that you know you make the right play at the right time well yeah I mean you just got to know who you are as a player and what I would tell any kid is I don't know what their trainers are having them do so I would tell them everything that your trainer has you do on the court do it as if you're in a game pretend like someone's guarding you while you're making a move so if you're if your trainer says do an in and out crossover and then I want you to take one dribble to the right and pull up then, okay, well, I'm going to act like there's a dude guarding me and I'm going to hit him with this in and out and I'm pulling up with five seconds left. You know what I mean? And so every shot is, is repetitive, repetition to the brain. Obviously, we, we've we all been out there on the court at some point saying, you know, three, two, one, whatever. Exactly. And you exactly. Gotta, just have fun. Just have fun and continue to switch it up, too, to make sure you're as, as complete as can be. Let me ask you a, kind of an interesting question, just kind of how your mindset is made up. Uh, do you set goals before a season and, and do you, you know, come up with bullet points of how you're going to reach each of those goals? I think it might be helpful for some of our young listeners out there, whether they're looking to play in college or maybe looking to make that jump from college to the pros right now. How exactly do you go about your process to get to where you want to make? Yeah, I mean, when you're in high school, you just have to have a list, like who's the top players in your city, you know, and who are you going to be playing against and how can you outplay them? How can you outperform them? So then it's your job to figure that out. If you're going from college to the pros, I would just say, I'll just strictly tell them to just make sure you win. Because when you're in the pros, it's all about money now. And it's easy for them to find someone that can do what you do because there's so many of us now. So like if you win and do what you do, then they're always going to love you. 
You know what I mean? So sure. just do that, and you'll make the most money this way. Got it. Yeah. No. So obviously, you're you're a winner through and through. You proved that in high school, uh, into college as well, and like you said, made that jump to the pros. Did you feel like at each of those levels you had to turn it up a notch, or did you always just kind of have that drive in you? And if if you did, how did you think that you attained that? I think it was a little both. I praise God first and foremost because I I put a lot of trust in Him, especially going into games. I'm always nervous in every game. You know what I mean? That's true. And ask him to bring me out on top every time. <laughs> I really do. I really do that. So I had to put that out there. And everything else just seems like it's just fun. You know what I mean? I just love competing. And I mean, if you put me around the best players, I know I have to work harder or not even just work harder, just adjust. I'm a, I'm a firm believer if you make shots, you could be anybody. That's all basketball really is, who can make the most shots. So if you can make shots and stay uh, consistent in that, I feel like you can play at any level. What's kind of next for you in, in your career? As you mentioned, you're likely heading back to Egypt. What are the next moves after that? Next moves, I really don't know. I really want to stay in dates. Uh, my plan personally is to play and finish in Egypt. We're in the African Cup. It's sponsored by the NBA this year. So it should be big if we win that. I want to win that and, and win the league and then um, come back and play in the TBT. You know, I played the first two years of the TBT and then I quit because I got married and I was taking my summers and relaxing with my son but this year is different I want to go somewhere by the time I'm 30 I don't know where that's going to be at though my goal is to stay in the states you know I think that's everyone's goal you know what I mean but I really want to seek it out now you know what I mean I've, I've been uh absent for the last three years four years sure yeah I can understand do you see any right. um kind of training other players eventually in your future yeah that's another goal that I want to do uh I want to start a foundation but that's just like a thought right now. I want to put it into action either this summer or the following year. You know what I mean? I want to start something up where I'm just training players and teaching them about God, the love of God, you know, and just go from there. That's something I would tell a college player going to pros as well. Don't focus so much on uh, the basketball aspect and look more to connections. Oh, yeah. No, I'd say no matter what you're going to end up in, you could definitely have to have the right network out there, have the right people looking out for you as well. That's certainly a good piece of info that we can pass on to them. Moving a little bit, so really happy to hear about what you want to, you know, eventually give back to the community with the foundation and instilling in them some of the values that you were brought up on. Moving a little bit more back to the training aspect. Don't want to keep you much longer here. I want to ask you about tools, any sort of tools that you would really incorporate into your training, uh, whether it's cone drills, whether it is uh, the pretend defensive guys that you're playing against is there any sort of technological tools that you play with anything along those lines me personally not right now i'm actually starting something with a guy named bert sealman and he's actually been on me been on me hard for the last year and i'm gonna give him a chance now he deals in nutrition and just the body the right chemicals that my body needs instead of taking vitamins and different things like that he's a chemist and a whole bunch of other different things you know what i mean so I'm going to start working with him. I just keep it simple. I keep the fundamentals to a T as far as just keeping my handle. You know, I do my own drills for that and just making sure that my shot stays right because I feel like if you can make shots, you can play until you're 40. No doubt. <laughs> so, uh, look at, uh, look at Vince Carter what, right now. He's still getting a paycheck for that. Exactly. If you make if you can make shots, man, you can sit in the corner and shoot shots for a living and play until you're 40, 45 years old. You know, so I, I was focused on that. Well, you bring up another good point there, too. I mean, especially as you're getting up more in the years and maybe there's some younger legs under you, you definitely got to take care of the body. Nutrition is key. 
and keep keep that shot. Don't lose that shot. Whatever you do, don't lose it. Awesome. <laughs> well, Terrell, right. really appreciate your time here today. Uh, we want to close out here with something we do with all of our coaches and players here on the podcast. It's a little rapid fire round. We're just going to shoot some questions at you. You can catch and release as quick as you can. Fire right back at us with the first thing that comes to mind. Sound good? Uh, yeah. All right. We're, I'm going to start here with what I always start with. What is your favorite sports movie of all time? Loving basketball. It's a good one. Yep. Can you tell us the name of any um, coaches that you had really early in your basketball career, say before, before even playing in college, anybody that really made an impact in your game? My father and my high school coach, uh, Jim Ferguson and Joe Stoke. Okay, great. Well, you just brought up a little something there uh, going on nutrition. I want to ask you, what is the perfect pregame meal for Terrell Stoglin? The perfect pregame meal? Oh, a lot comes to mind. For me, I'll say pasta. I'll say pasta and a salad. And I'll eat that. I I would eat that like six hours before I play, and I would and I'll be and I'll be perfect for me for the game. I'll be perfect. But that it's it's almost a tie though because, I mean, a steak is always great for me. You know, a steak with asparagus on the side and some mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like six to seven hours before the game, I'm good. <laughs> That's good. Another question is, you know, what's your favorite basketball shoe of all time? Oh, wow. I grew up an Adidas kid, but I'll say the best basketball shoe of the time. Yeah. The Adidas Pro Models. Remember those ones with the patent leather with the stripes on the side? Yeah. The Pro Models. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's throwing it back right there. That's for sure. I like that, though. Uh, all right. Last one here. Best pregame music to warm up to? Pregame music, gospel. I'll say Hosanna Ooh. from Kurt Franklin. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, I'm going to have to go maybe throw that on here right after we're done with, uh, done with the interview here. Terrell, appreciate your time oh, here yeah. at the end of the day, man. This has uh, definitely been enlightening, I think. I think our young guys can definitely take a lot away. You've played at a lot of different levels for a lot of different folks. And uh, like you said, make sure you keep nutrition up to key, body up to key, make, that, uh, make sure that you never lose that jumper either. It's Terrell Stoglin. Uh, you can catch him hopefully playing a little bit here for the Zamalik crew over there at the Egyptian Basketball Premier League. You can catch them on the social channels too, at tstoglin12. Terrell, appreciate your time here again today, and hopefully we can check in with you down the line. Good luck with everything you got coming up here. Hey, God bless. I'm happy I could help, man, and take care.